Welcome to the Nanalyze podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit nanalyze.com for more details. Chewy stock is the topic of today's presentation. And if you're somebody that invested in CHWY stock at the time of their 2019 IPO, then you wouldn't be sitting very pretty right now. So we're going to try to figure out why that is. Now, I love this quote by Schopenhauer. It says that compassion for animals is intimately associated with goodness of character. He who is cruel to animals cannot be a good man. And I believe that extends to cultures as well. And one of my favorite cultures is that of the Hong Kong people who distinctly uh, describe themselves as not being Chinese. I happen to be a Hong Kong citizen. I've spent a lot of time in this culture. This picture was taken down in Sai Kung, which is a great little seaside village. You can go to order some great seafood and watch the parade of pets. And it's very common in Hong Kong, also in Japan, perhaps in China, to see uh, people rolling around these strollers with their pets inside in much the same way that they would treat their children. Uh, Pets are adored in these cultures, uh, in Hong Kong particularly, because some people can't afford to have children and pets are a substitute. When you go to a dog park in Hong Kong, it's amazing that none of the dogs bark. You have 20 dogs playing together. They've all learned to be quiet because everybody lives in skyscrapers, and if you have a barking dog, you're not going to have very friendly neighbors, so even the dogs recognize that. So this is a great example of pet humanization. It's one of the trends that Chewy has pointed out here, along with premiumization. didn't know that was a word, driving higher spending per pet, the idea being that people are... Um, treating pets more and more like family, and that results in higher spending. Uh, historical spending for pets has been around 9%. It's going to be 6 to 7% going forward. That's decent. That means that the market they have to capture is growing. So not only can they capture uh, existing market share from competitors, but they can also capture that new growth. Consistency of spending and resilience during economic downturns. This would have been the first thing I would have thought that would have made a bear case for the stock. But Chewy claims that at least in the case of the 2008-2010 recession, pet spending increased 12%. And during COVID, 95% of people didn't spend less on their pets. Though for Chewy, I'm sure that COVID, being the fact that Chewy is an online retailer of pet products, I'm sure they benefited from that as people were uh, less likely to be going to bricks and mortar stores. They talk about this rapid shift to online shopping with significant remaining opportunity. We'll talk about that. And this growing trend of subscription-based purchasing. So 58% of pet owners utilize subscription-based purchasing for pet products. The idea there is that you're getting recurring revenues that are um, more likely to be stable, let's say. We always invest in companies, not stocks. So we want to evaluate Chewy as a company and pay less attention to the share price, which... uh, The shares are actually trading below the price that institutions were willing to pay at 2019 IPO, and that would have been $22 a share. So shares of Chewy are trading around $18 a share. But be careful there. You need to do market cap comparisons because they may have expanded their share count. So it's always best to look at market cap. Foresight in this case wasn't rewarded. You can see that in 2019, they had less than $4 billion in revenues, and they soared since then. So... That uh, you would have expected, and 
Um, we were halfway through this presentation before we even looked at the share price. We're surprised to see that it was that low, and certainly that's attracting investors and attention to this stock. Now, this isn't a blue ocean total addressable market, meaning they're having to steal market shares from entrenched players. People have always been spending on their pets, and well, that's happened in the past, whether Chewy was around or not. Now, when we value Chewy, we can take this approach. So the opening share price in their 2019 IPO was $36 a share. That was a market cap of more than $14 billion. They, at that time, they had annualized revenues of $4.6 billion. So that's a simple valuation ratio of three. Well, our catalog average is around 6.5, so that would have been low at that time, but their current simple valuation ratio is very low at 0.7. So certainly that's attracting investors who may see value there, but our question is more around the business. How much growth is left here and how profitable is this business? Well, profitability doesn't appear to be a problem here. And you can see that their gross profit and gross margins have been expanding over time. That's great to see. Typically, we'll see businesses that go in the other direction when it comes to gross margin. But um, this is a positive sign. They're increasing profitability at a consistent pace. And if you look at their competitors like let's say PetSmart or Petco, let's say Petco has, I think, gross margins around 38%. So there's a potential to grow that even more. Now, when we look at the business's ability to survive, we want to see that they're generating positive cash flows. And you can see that the business here has been generating cash uh, since at least 2020. And you can see that trending upwards there at the top. Now, Cash provided by operating activities can then be used to reinvest in the business. And after they've done that, you have free cash flow. And you can see here that they are reinvesting that money into the business in the form of at least one example here, automated fulfillment center investments and ongoing technology projects. So they have somewhere around 17 fulfillment centers. They have some great metrics about being able to provides pet supplies to 80% of the people in the United States in less than two days or let's say two days or less. And that's a, a good time to break here and ask you, please support our work. We don't run ads on Nanalyze. That's because so many people peddle rubbish to our subscribers. So uh, we'd ask you to please like this video. It's very simple. Click that thumbs up, like the video that helps it spread because YouTube certainly won't spread videos that aren't generating them ad revenue. And please make sure that you're subscribed to our channel. So when we look at financial and operating data for Chewy, you see here that the active customers from this last quarter to the same quarter the year prior is on a slight decline there. So that's something to pay attention to. And when you look at penetration, perhaps you can use this metric. 70% of U.S. households or 90.5 million families own a pet. So that gives you some indication of future growth potential. But one might ask, well, why is that plateaued? Well, there's competitors, of course. We're going to talk about that. Pay attention to net sales per active customer. So that's their ability to upsell. And, of course, this last metric goes back to what we talked about, subscription-based products. So auto-ship customer sales as a percentage of Chewy's net sales, 75%. That's really good. So that means the revenue is more predictable. Now, when you look at the top online stores in the pet supply segment in the U.S. You can see Chewy here dominating, at least in 2021. Highly likely that that's um, they've maintained that market share below them. You see PetSmart, so they're the largest 
uh, provider of pet store supplies in the United States with a 30% market share. We'll talk more about that. Then you see Petco, BarkBox, and 1-800-PET-MEDS. So when we look at PetSmart, uh, their quarterly sales, so this is a privately held company. There's that gross margin that we talked about earlier, 36.8%, but this article by Bloomberg points out how they had $2.5 billion of sales in the second quarter of last year. So we can annualize that and say, well, they have probably about $10 billion in sales. Again, being a private company, it's tough to get this sort of information. So that gives us some indication of PetSmart's size. And then the next, uh, uh, the third place when it comes to online sales, the company here is publicly traded with the appropriate ticker WOOF. And you can see they've had some decent revenue growth there on the left, perhaps not that profitable. But when you look on the right, you can also see that they have reasonable gross margins as well. Again, this can be something that you can benchmark Chewy against. Now, Statista tells us that Petco and PetSmart, the two companies we just talked about, account for 46% of pet store sales, with PetSmart being the leader with nearly a third. So based on 2022 revenues, the estimate we did for PetSmart, Petco's actual revenues, we can see that there's about $34 billion in pet store sales in the United States in 2022. But total spending on pets, that's a different story. For that, we can turn to the American Pet Products Association and see that in 2022, there's $137 billion that was spent on pets. And this factoid here on the right that was taken directly from Chewy, and it corresponds and nearly identical to the numbers on the left, it says the U.S. pet market has grown from $82 billion in 2016 to an estimated $100 $38 billion, or a compound annual growth rate of about 9%. That's pretty good. And then you see that they also project that growth to slow to around 7% from 2022 through 2026. And we also can see this breakdown of that $137 billion. So this is potentially a rabbit hole that you could start going down. Other services there includes insurance, grooming, training. So you'd want to break out the insurance component because that's something Chewy is targeting. Then you have vet care and product sales, supplies, live animals, pet food and treats. And 38% of that largest category, pet food and treats, is online now with about $21 billion of expenditure. So to conclude... Uh, you could argue this either way. You could say, well, Chewy is uh, undervalued relative to their IPO, certainly undervalued relative to our catalog of disruptive technology stocks. But when you look at Woof, which is surprisingly uh, valued quite low at a simple valuation of 0 0.16, then Chewy is still overvalued relative to that. Is pet spending really recession resilient? I would question that. They've given one example there. Uh, when you look at how overextended the American consumer is right now and the fact that uh, things are looking rather bleak when it comes to the consumer's ability to pay back their debts, this comes back to the pet humanization theory that they will not decrease spending on their pets, though they may seek out places to purchase the same products at a cheaper price. And from what we could see, Chewy is uh, price competitive. So that remains to be seen. The easy growth seems to be behind Chewy. 
And probably the worst part here would be anybody that had the foresight to see that Chewy was going to enjoy some very strong revenue growth wouldn't have been rewarded for it. So you really need to evaluate the company, not the stock, and decide if this is something that you'd like to invest in going forward. Now, I'm going to put up another video here for you to watch. Before you click that, please click the Nanalyze logo here on the right. Subscribe to our channel. Support our work. Thanks so much for taking the time to watch this today. Thank you for listening to the Nanalyze podcast. If you found this information useful, please share this episode with a friend. This helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you. Want more research like this? Want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding? Head to nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. Thank you for your time.